1: Hello, hello, and welcome to the Sport of Pro Wrestling podcast. I am Chris Samsa, and this is your New Japan Pro Wrestling G1 Climax 30 Night 7 Preview. The A Block of G1 Climax 30 returns on September 30th, 2020, for the 27th all-time G1 Climax card from the storied Corican Hall. The G1 has passed through historic Corican Hall, uh, at least once every year since 2008, and 163 G1 matches have been contested in Korokin, good for over 10% of the tournament's matches, making it one of the most important stops and often a turning point as the tournament progresses. The A Block's fourth card of G1 Climax 30 will feature a main event between Shingo Takagi and Tomohiro Ishii as Ishii attempts to get himself his first points of the tournament in what would be his first win over Shingo Takagi. The semi-main event will be a battle of egos with the established arrogance of Jay White taking on the recently supremely confident Will Ospreay. Third down the card, we'll see if Kazuchika Okada can right his sinking ship by beating the undefeated Taichi in a rematch of this year's New Beginning in Sapporo main event. Kota Ibushi will face off with Jeff Cobb in a first-time matchup, and the tournament card will kick off with Minoru Suzuki against Yujiro Takahashi in their fourth G1 meeting, but their first since 2014. You can find my complete statistical breakdown for every competitor in this year's G1 Climax at VoicesOfWrestling.com. I have interactive, sortable tables for New Japan's 2020, detailed results and statistics for all 1,490 G1 Climax matches to date, as well as this year's tournament at SportOfProWrestling.com. And you can let me know what you find when you drill down that data by dropping me a line on Twitter at TheChrisSamsa. So, night seven of G1 Climax will be an A-block card. It's going to happen on September 30th, 2020. Like I said, from Cork and Hall, the time will be 6.30 JST, uh, which is the same time that all Cork and Hall evening shows happen. So, that's 4.30 a.m. Chicago time. So, that's my time. And then 5.30 a.m. on the East Coast and 2.30 a.m., ...on the West Coast if we're talking about the U.S. Of course, if you're watching live, you're going to be watching on NJPW World. And when I'm using NJPW World, I'm using the NJPWEXT extension. NJPWEXT is the only browser extension for NJPWWorld.com. With features like synchronized viewing parties, dark mode, improved translations and layouts, custom and shared playlists, and much, much more, it takes NJPW World to the next level... Visit njpwext.us today for details. Cool thing about njpwext, it also will link you right to my previews um, from those G1 cards or from the G1 tournament page right now. So um, if you want to catch yourself up, if you've got the njpwext extension loaded onto your browser, it will. Uh, there will be a link at the top of the page to Sport of Pro Wrestling, which you can then Uh, click on the preview of the show that you are watching. So, cool little feature, cool little partnership I've got going with the NJPWEXT gang. And, um, you know, hopefully people are finding that useful. So let's take a look at the A block and where we're at tournament to date here. We've got a pretty balanced block. We've got two competitors at the top, two wrestlers at the bottom, and then... Uh, basically six right in the middle, right? So at the top, we've got Jay White and Taichi, both with six points at 3-0. and uh, Top middle, we'll call it, we've got Will Ospreay, Kota Ibushi, and Minoru Suzuki, all with four points at 2-1. and one. Uh, Middle bottom, Shingo Takagi, Jeff Cobb, and Kazuchika Okada, all with two points at 1-2. and two. And then bottom, we've got Yujiro Takahashi with zero points and Tomohiro Ishii with zero points, both of them sitting at 0-3. When we kind of drill down a little further and we go into match length, we've got Jay White leading the pack here with 58 minutes and 44 seconds. Uh, so his matches are averaging 19 minutes and 35 seconds, all victories, might add you. And uh, right behind that, we've got Kota at fifty-seven forty-four. 44 um, So his average... Just 20 seconds shorter than Jay White's at 19 minutes and 15 seconds. Uh, in that metric, almost half, almost just half of, of what Jay White has put in is Yujiro Takahashi. He's at 30 minutes and 38 seconds over the course of the three matches, so about a 10 minute average. So a uh, little bit of a span there. and But Clearly whatever Jay White is doing is working, as, you know, even even though the matches are going a little bit long, uh, comparatively, he's got those three wins. So nothing nothing to be shameful about. Up there at the top of the, the block standings with Jay White is Tai Chi. He's he has nothing really super standout in regards to his um, kind of statistics, whether it be pinning attempts or pin attempts against or his match lengths. He's he's really right in the middle of the pack and all that, but he's been effective and he's been able to, to pull out those victories. So he entered this tournament with only uh, eight points last year and he's got six more matches to try to match that this year. So I've got a strange feeling that um, you know, the odds are in his favor. The odds are in Taichi's favor that he's going to have a better tournament this year than he had last year. So, at the bottom, um, unfortunately, you know, the, the surprise at the bottom of this is Tomohiro Ishii. So, Tomohiro Ishii with, with zero points coming into tonight's match. And he's actually going to be in the main event against Shingo Takagi. So, I, I guess now's a good time to just, like, jump in and, and start talking about that. So, the main event tonight is a G1 Climax A Block match between Shingo Takagi and Tomohiro Ishii. Tomohiro Ishii, like I said, entering with zero points at 0-3. And Shingo Takagi entering with only two points. So in the grand scheme of things, you wouldn't think that this would be the main event, just based on kind of where they're at in the block. So, but but as we all know, like everything but the last date of the G1 is booked ahead of time. So we know what the main event is. This is the match that the New Japan matchmakers decided to put on last at this Korkin, this Korkin A-block show. They probably thought that these guys would be a little bit further ahead of where they're at right now. They certainly didn't think they would have two points total between them, as, as I certainly didn't when I was filling out my my blocks. So in the in the main event, Tomohiro Ishii and Shingo Takagi will headline Cork and Hall together for the second time this year. The stakes are a little bit different entering this match, though. Their previous bout had the Never Openweight Championship on the line in Takagi's first-ever singles title defense in New Japan. This time, they enter the ring seeking to gain some momentum, each fighting against an early tournament slump. Shingo Takagi enters the match with two points, having lost three of his last four singles matches. He did finally get out of the bottom of the block table with a huge win over Will Ospreay in Kobe on Saturday, and he will certainly look to capitalize on his ability to to defeat the Assassin as he gets into the ring with new rival Tomohiro Ishii. Tomohiro Ishii enters the match winless with... Tomohiro Tomohiro Ishii enters the match winless in his three contests so far in the tournament. He has already suffered losses against Will Ospreay, Minoru Suzuki, and Kota Ibushi. This is the first time Ishii has started the G1 climax 0 3. His previous worst jump out of the gate was an 0 2 start in 2016. Momentum in the results may not be on his side, but Ishii has taken each of his first three opponents to their physical limits his previous bouts with Shingo have been about as hard fought as one could imagine. Ishii will look to end this Cork and Hall main event with a match in the win column after what is sure to be a battle of two true heavyweights. So now that we finally have at least three matches from every competitor, we can start to really look at um, each matchup in regards to how they've performed in this year's G1. So, uh, with 53-15 of ring time already in the tournament, Shingo Takagi sits third in the A block in the stamina category. Only Jay White and Kota Ibushi have logged more ring time in the young tournament. Tomohiro Ishii saves his pinning attempts for when he is almost certain he is on the brink of victory. Only Minoru Suzuki and Kazuchika Okada have attempted fewer pins than Ishii thus far in the tournament. Okada's results are a little bit of a false negative as he's made significant efforts to finish his matches via submission using his money clip. The 18 pin attempts made against Takagi thus far in the tournament are the highest in the A block. That is a product of his matches against Jay White and Will Ospreay, two serial pin attempters. If we go and take a peek at their G1 climax history, so all time, Tomohiro Ishii has averaged 8.8 points in the last five G1 climax tournaments, and uh, he has never finished with fewer than eight points. So he's going to have to rattle off uh, four wins in his last six matches here to uh, match that. Shingo Takagi finished his first G1 tournament last year with eight points. And since we're in and Hall, so uh, we can talk a little bit about that. Uh, Tomohiro Ishii is three and five in G1 Climaxes at Korokan Hall, notably losing to John Moxley in the storied venue during last year's G1, and he was the loser in Tomoki Homa's first ever G1 victory, a main event at Korokan Hall during the 2015 G1 Climax tournament. Shingo Takagi is one and zero in his uh, G1 Climax match at Korokan. He defeated tai chi last year during the tournament and if we take a peek at 2020 so shingo takagi began the year four and one with a victory over hiroki goto to gain the never openweight championship and then a series of defenses of the title including a victory in corken hall against tomohiro ishii his opponent in this matchup Uh, takagi has since cooled off significantly losing three of his last four singles matches including two of three in the g1 Tomohiro Ishii has lost four singles matches in a row, dating back to his loss to Hiromu Takahashi during the New Japan Cup. Ishii is 3-5 on the year, Takagi 5-4 so far in 2020. Taking a peek at their head-to-head history, Ishii and Takagi have met twice in singles matches. Once during last year's G1 Climax, a 22-41 victory for Shingo. And once this past February in Shingo's first never open weight championship defense, like I said, that was at Corican Hall on February 20th, uh, where Shingo defeated Ishii in 2704, one of Shingo's longest matches since coming over to New Japan and one of Ishii's longest matches as well. Neither of these guys typically go um, into that kind of 30-minute range. I think the only time Shingo's done that since he's been in New Japan at least, was his Best of the Super Juniors final match with Will Ospreay. Ishii very limited in the matches over 30 minutes, um, actually over that 27 even. So that pretty much sets up our main event uh, here at Corican Hall, Shingo Takagi versus Tomohiro Ishii. These guys are going to battle. I can only imagine the mindset that each of them have coming into tonight's match, especially as they're both near the bottom of the block. They are going to fight hard. So this is one to keep an eye out for and um, definitely one to check out. I, I can imagine it's going to live up to their previous matches, and we will see who can come out on top.
0: In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. Off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net, club.com slash V-O-W-Net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of the Wrestling Podcast Network.
2: Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too?
1: The semi-main event is kind of a surprise to me. I think um, seeing Will Ospreay and Jay White. So Will Ospreay with four points and Jay White with six points coming in in the semi-main event. Especially guys of this stature. um, I was a little surprised to not see them in the the top match on the card. But these cards are set up uh, early. And maybe the New Japan matchmakers didn't anticipate these guys both coming out of the gates as hot as they have. So, the undefeated Switchblade Jay White will do battle with the formerly aerial assassin Will Ospreay. Uh, this match will be a battle of new ego versus old ego, as the now supremely confident Will Ospreay looks to establish himself as a heavyweight competitor at the level of the cunning Jay White. White has a much longer history of using his confidence in his favor, so it'll be telling to see if Will Osprey can leverage his current, quote, best wrestler in the world mentality to defeat Jay White and end the Switchblades five match winning streak. Uh, in regards to their tournament to date, Jay White, of course six points, three wins, zero losses, his total match length of 58,44 the highest in a block. He also leads the A block in pin attempts. so 16 of those. Um, Will Osprey four points. Two and one. The his only loss just recently to Shingo Takagi. Total match length of forty-seven fifty-seven. So that's something to keep an eye on for Will Osprey, as he uh, ended last year with with quite a bit of singles ring time, and he um, hasn't had a ton of singles matches this year because of the uh, pandemic hiatus. So Osprey finished his G one with the most pin attempts in the tournament last year. Uh, uh, averaging over 5.5 attempts per match uh, across the first three matches of this year's tournament, Jay White is setting the pace with 16. Osprey not far behind, though, with the 14 attempts. As both wrestlers are constantly attempting to end their matches, regardless of whether they have hit a finisher or have even you know worn down their opponent. These two have kind of short histories with the G1, but their history suggests that. This match may go. Uh, this match may go long. So Will Osprey's twenty-one oh seven all-time G one average losing match length is the longest all-time among qualifying wrestlers. So for this metric right now, we're using uh, wrestlers with three or more losses as a qualifying wrestler there. So 21.07, average losing match length there. And Jay White's 18.04 all-time G1 average winning match length is the longest all-time among qualifying wrestlers. So again, wrestlers with three-plus wins. So you put that together, right? So you've got a long winner, Jay White, 18.04, and long loser, Will Ospreay, at 21.07. And um, that may be a recipe for quite the competition, or the, quite the number of minutes going under each of these guys' belts. So after Jay White's victory on Saturday night over Kazuchika Okada, he now holds the third-best all-time winning percentage in G1 Climax history at 682. A win tonight... Over Osprey would move White into second place all-time, leapfrogging former Bullet Club leader Kenny Omega, who currently sits at 690. And that would leave just AJ Styles ahead of Jay White in all-time G1 winning percentage. In regards to Corakin Hall, the venue for tonight's match, Jay White is 1 and 1 all time in his G1 matches at Corakin. He defeated Michael Elgin during the 2018 tournament, and he lost to Torriano during last year's tournament. Will Ospreay lost both of his Corakin Hall G1 matches last year. He started that by losing to Kota Ibushi, and then uh, in his second match, he lost to Kazuchiko Okada. In 2020, Jay White has been dominant. He's entering this tilt with Osprey at 6-1 and on the year and on a six-match winning streak. His last loss, that Intercontinental Championship match against Tetsuya Naito on January 4th in the Tokyo Dome. Jay White's 6-1 and record in singles matches in 2020 is tied for the best in New Japan among qualifying competitors, matching the champion Tetsuya Naito as well as Taiji Ichimori, both with the same record on the year. So this could... Uh, this could have Jay White taking over kind of the 2020 lead, which would potentially indicate that he could, um, petition for a championship match, maybe. In regards to -to head-to-head history, Osprey and White have met twice historically in singles matches. Their first meeting was in May of 2017 when Osprey defeated Jay White. Uh, While White was still on excursion with Ring of Honor. So that was the Ring of Honor New Japan War of the Worlds at Hammerstein Ballroom in New York City. White was successful in defeating Ospreay in March of last year in the only singles match White won during his IWGP Heavyweight Championship reign. So that was at the anniversary show when the heavyweight champion uh, traditionally fights the junior heavyweight champion and Jay White, the heavyweight, won that match last year. In the third match down the card, Kazuchiko Okada and Taichi rekindle their budding rivalry for the first time since February. So, Kazuchiko Okada enters this match with just two points, uh, one and two on the tournament. Taichi, undefeated with six, so he's, he's three and zero. Oh. At the time of their new beginning in Sapporo matchup earlier in the year, Kazuchiko Okada was seeking just that, a new beginning, after losing his IWGP Heavyweight Championship to Tetsuya Naito just a month earlier at Wrestle Kingdom. Okada was victorious in their match in Taichi's hometown of Sapporo, but Taichi may have benefited the most from his experience in the singles main event against the Rainmaker. Taichi is 5-1 since that matchup with Okada and 3-0 and oh in this year's G1. Kazuchika Okada, on the other hand, is near the other end of the block table. With just that 1-2 record during this year's G1, he seeks to even his record with a repeat of his victory earlier in the year. The statistical anomaly uh, for this year's tournament to date for these two competitors is that Kazuchika Okada has only attempted two total pins during this year's G1, both in his opening match against Kota Ibushi. Uh, during last year's tournament, Okada averaged just 2.44 pinning attempts per match, but he was successful over 36% of the time, as many of them followed his impact finisher, the Rainmaker. So another thing to keep an eye out, I know I've, I've called it out before, Okada not using the Rainmaker and really digging that uh, money clip, his, his submission hold. So we will see if he can get Tai Chi to tap out to that. Uh, the G1 Climax History, Kazuchika Okada uh, still... Atop the leaderboard, or, or close to the top of the leaderboard, with 51 wins, 22 losses, 4 draws. Uh, that win percentage of 662. Taichi now, just in his second tournament, he's at 7-5, uh, win percentage of 583. Kazuchika Okada started 1-2 and two in the G1 twice before. Once in 2013, when he ended 5th in his block, and once in 2018, when he finished 2nd in his block behind Hiroshi Tanahashi. Taichi is already three-quarters of the way to matching his eight-point output from last year's G1. Kazuchika Okada is 9-2 uh, all-time in his G1 matches at Korokin Hall. His last loss in the storied hall did come in 2013 to Hiroki Goto, so he's got quite the, uh, quite the win streak going there. Taichi lost his only G1 match at Korokin Hall last year to Shingo Takagi. In regards to 2020, Kazuchika Okada's nine victories are still the most in NJPW during 2020, but now his five losses are also third most, behind only Yujiro Takahashi and Sanada, each with six. In regards to their head-to-head history, these guys have met twice, but really once with any recency. Um, that was at New Beginning this past year. Uh, on February second when Okada defeated Taichi in thirty minutes and fifty three seconds before that they met just once in two thousand and eight before uh really either of them had established the wrestler they were going to be, and Tai Chi defeated Okada in just nine minutes uh taichi's Tai Chi and Okada's match at new beginning in Sapporo was the longest singles match of Tai Chi's career at thirty minutes and fifty three seconds that thirty fifty three it's important to note. That victory would, would have ended in a time limit draw had it been contested under G1 Climax block match rules. So Okada, he does fight a little different during the G1, but every now and then he does have those four draws, which is, I think, second most all time in the G1. So sometimes he doesn't time his victories as well as he, he wishes he could. Kota Ibushi and Jeff Cobb will meet in a first-time matchup as the second block match on the card. Ibushi enters his match uh, with Cobb recently familiar with fighting a competitor with more mass than him, as he most recently defeated Tomohiro Ishii to move his G1 tournament to two and one. Ibushi enters this match with four points, so he's two and one. Cobb is entering with two at uh, so so one and two on the young tournament. Jeff Cobb's 33:55 in total match length is the second shortest thus far among A Block competitors. Only Yudro Takahashi has spent less time in the ring so far in the tournament. Ibushi's 57:44 in total match length is the second longest thus far among A Block competitors. Only Jay White has spent more time in the ring so far in the tournament, as White sits at 58:44, just one minute longer than Ibushi. So, it'd be interesting to see. Who wins out here, the the kind of short sprint style of Jeff Cobb or the kind of longer, more drawn out style of Kota Ibushi. Uh, in G1 Climax history in Corrigan Hall, Kota Ibushi is 5-2 and two all time in his G1 matches and the venue. His two losses in Corrigan are both at the hands of Toriyana, one in just 50 seconds in 2015. Uh, Jeff Cobb won his only G1 match at Corrigan Hall during last year's tournament, defeating Juice Robinson. In 2020, Jeff Cobb's eight wins are second most in New Japan, behind only Kazuchika Okada's nine. Kotobushi's not having a great year. He's three and four on the year in singles matches, but he did spend a significant amount of his, um, I guess, spring and summer in the tag title tournament, or in the tag title tournament picture with his teammate Hiroshi Tanahashi um, and like I mentioned this will be Cobb and Ibushi's first singles match against each other and Minoru Suzuki and Yujiro Takahashi will meet in the first block match of the card they haven't fought in a singles match since 2014 when Minoru Suzuki completed his g1 three-peat of defeating Yujiro in the g1 uh, Suzuki enters this match with four points, so he's two and one on the Young Tournament. Yudro Takahashi, yet to find that first win, he's still at zero. In Cork and Hall, Minoru Suzuki's had 10 G1 matches. He is six and four all time. Yudro also has had 10 G1 matches, and he is three and seven in his G1 matches at Cork and Hall. Yujiro's average G1 match length in Cork and Hall is just 9 minutes and 29 seconds, second shortest among this year's tournament competitors, longer only than Toru Like I said in their head-to-head, Minoru Suzuki did defeat Yujiro Takahashi three times. Um, Those are the only three singles matches they've ever had, and those were all in the G1 between the years of 2012 and 2014, Minoru Suzuki completing the three-peat one of those matches in 2012 was in and Hall when Suzuki defeated Yudro in 8 minutes and 5 seconds. So that's all I've got for you today. We've previewed all five of the G1 Climax A Block matches on the September 30th Corkin Hall show. I'll be back tomorrow to preview the October 1st B Block card that features a main event of Tetsu Naito versus Sonata. Of course, you can find this preview in written form at VoicesOfWrestling.com, and you can give me a follow on Twitter at Samsa to interact with me during the G1. I appreciate you giving me a listen and giving me a chance to catch you up on everything that's going on on these cards, and I will see you next time on the Sport of Pro Wrestling podcast.